For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, 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 and happy Thanksgiving to everyone out there in the Detroit Lions Believe in Lions post-Thanksgiving wrap-up. Now, didn't quite end the way we wanted it to, but it was a hell of a game between the Buffalo Bills and the Detroit Lions. The crowd was electric, and I am joined, as always, by a man who experienced that electricity firsthand multiple times with the crowd buzzing all around him. It is the one, the only, the interception leader, all pro, Glover Quinn. Yes, sir. What's up, man? What's up, man? I know, I know, Fort Field was rocking, bro. Like, golly, I could feel the energy from from where I was watching the game. It was a wild game, and so I've been to. This was the sixth home game I've been to the Lions. I saw the Lions play the Cardinals back when Anquan Bolden and Larry Fitzgerald and Kurt Warner were there. Saw the Chargers after Ladainian Tomlinson had left on Christmas Eve. Saw the Patriots on Thanksgiving, and then I saw the Lions beat the Packers when the season was already over at one point. And a couple years ago, I saw the Lions beat the Vikings. And the wins against the Packers and the Vikings, that's felt different just because it was uh, everyone's dunking on the division rival. So everyone's just so happy. This was something I've never experienced. The electricity, the expectation that it's not over. We We are still in this. We can beat the Buffalo Bills. It was just indescribable and i'm sure you felt that plenty of times in close games but it was wonderful to be at yeah man when you're, when you're playing those close games and you're and you're fighting and you're scratching and you and you got that crowd behind you like it just makes you want to make that play man and i i can remember multiple multiple times just being on the sideline or being on the field and just like it's that time it, you know it's that time like it's time for it's time for a play. Like it's time to make a play and to be able to come through multiple occasions and make big plays, whether it's an interception or a forced fumble or a big third down stop or whatever to get off the field and get the offense back to ball. It's just a dope, dope, dope atmosphere. The fans are incredible. And you know, you gotta like I've like I've been saying a couple of times on the show, you gotta give a shout out to the Lions fans because of you know, the way the team has been over the years, the fans are still so faithful and loyal and energetic. And, you know, it's just it's just awesome. And the Thanksgiving Day game is just beautiful. And for them to, you know, play a game like that against the Buffalo Bills, which, you know, I, I had them pick the win. I want I thought they would win it like they I felt like they could have won that game. Um, but the, the fans definitely did their part. They did. And one of the craziest things was, remember, the Lions had the ball first. And so the crowd was real loud on the Lions first drive. And it was kind of made you think, oh, there's more Bills here fans here than I thought this. I don't like this. But then when the Bills got on offense, it is completely deafening. So the home crowd showed out. The Bills fans were there. Bills fans were extremely respectful, too. They were a lot of fun. They had nothing 
negative to too negative to say about the Detroit Lions. Of course, they wanted the Lions to lose, but it wasn't the hostility you'll see from some other crowds. Football is back and bet online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, bet online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, hockey, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B-L-E-A-V. Bet online where the game starts. Yeah, I mean, that's that, and that's what is good about, you know, sports. I mean, we all have our teams that we like and we respect. But at the end of the day, you shouldn't have any ill will against any of these teams, right? I mean, you're a Buffalo Bills fan because you live in Buffalo or you grew up as a Buffalo Bill fan, right? That's why you're a fan. You are a Detroit Lions fan because you live in Detroit or you grew up as a fan. Some kind of way you are a fan. You don't have to hate Buffalo. Buffalo did, did nothing to you, so... You should be able to go to the game and be respectful and, you know, you cheer for your team. I cheer for my team. You know, we can have some little fun jabs here, there, and at the end of the day, hey, man, neither one of you guys in the stands played it down. Neither one. So if your team won, cool, your team won. You, you're you celebrating because, you know, your team won, but you didn't play it down. You cheered very loud, and that helped. But it's, I mean, when they have all the fights and this and that, I'm just like, what What do you guys do? Like, they take it way too, too, too serious. But some fans are like that. But I'm glad that the Bills fans were respectful. And, you know, that just makes for a great environment, makes for a great game. And, you know, it's all fun. It's Thanksgiving Day. So hopefully everybody made it out there safe and had a good time. And that's always what we're hoping for, especially holiday season. And last thing about my experience at the game is as soon as you walk down and you can see the field as soon as you get a view of the field there are three players that stood out immediately and it was Aiden Hutchinson it was Penny Sewell and it was Dan Skipper and of course Dan Skipper is taller than absolutely everyone but with Aiden and Penny they were just so large but moved so well and the face paint that they've got Aiden with the scar on his face Penny drew us all decked out they stood out immediately and it's so cool that the last two first round picks are your off the bust first guys. Oh yeah. I mean, those guys are huge, man. Like people don't realize it. Whole line, you, really. When you see those guys on TV, sometimes they don't look as big. And when you see big people around other big people, then they don't look as big because it's everybody's big. But when you get around those guys and you have to stand next to those guys. You're like, wow, these guys. Because, I mean, for me, like, you know, when I played, it, it was normal. Like, And I know Dan. Dan's a big Dan's a big guy. Um, But it was just normal. Like, those, I mean, you see big guys every day. Like, you're no big deal. And then when I retired, I went back to the Lions practice, and I was like, wow, these guys are huge. But, you know, when you're not around big guys like that every day for four years, it's like – 
wow, these guys are really big. And then you start saying, well, was they were they this big when I was playing? Like, there's no way these guys were this big when I was playing. Yeah, they were. They were. You were just used to it. So, I mean, it's just good to see those guys, you know, being leaders, man, being leaders, being first ones, being on the field and off the butts, like all those things. It's just going to help those other guys, man. They just they just building something special. And, you know, to have those guys out front is huge. And they're definitely special talents. And the other person that you don't realize how big he is until you see him live is Dan Campbell, because he's so often off by himself on TV or he's watching the plays, got his hands down on his knees. But Dan Campbell would be a force to be reckoned with. I think he could strap on the pad still much like my good friend, Coach GQ. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, Coach Campbell was a tight end. So those tight ends are big, man. Those tight ends are big guys and, you know. The fact that he's been around football since he retired, so I'm sure he still works out at the facility. So, I mean, he's in good shape. He's strong. He's swole up, and you know, he's he's a big guy. Definitely, definitely looks like he could still scrap him on and play. Probably could, and the Lions could have used the help of trying to block Von Miller at least early in the game. He was having himself a game, but then he leaves with a what is later diagnosed as a torn lateral meniscus. He's going to miss the next seven to 10 days. Then they're going to reevaluate, see where he's at and see if Von Miller can return this season or if they're going to have to shut him down because he needs surgery no matter what to repair this torn meniscus. It's just a matter of when, not if. So either way, we hope Von Miller gets well soon because it really sucks to see a player go down. Such a special player. Right. You, ne- you never want to see that, especially, like you said, a special player that we've all grown to to like and love over these years for all the different teams and the way he plays the game, the the things that he can do, you just expect him to make that play. You know, you just expect, Oh man, watch out for Von Miller. If you're on the opposite team and if you're on his team, you're like, all right, Von, it's time for a play because you know, he's going to come through and in the clutch and, and, and make a big play for you to end the game or to, to give yourself a chance. And so you just hate to see that um, for any player, but especially you know, one of the, one of the good guys. And it was a little bit reassuring almost, I would say, because you see Vaughn go down and you don't see the training staff doing all the ACL tests and all of that. Talked to a friend later who said, and no, some of these, uh, some of these uh, therapists on the field, they're just so good that they can tell just from looking and they're not going to do the tests on the field. They're just going to get you straight to the MRI, but you could also see Vaughn. He wasn't, acting like it was an ACL as a player who had torn his ACL previously. He knows that feeling. So it was a little bit reassuring, but then also you start questioning yourself. Am I reading too into this half second moment on the field? So it was just a relief that at least there's a chance Vaughn Miller can return, but it's also crazy how well these players know their body. Oh yeah. You get very familiar with your body, especially when you've dealt with certain injuries, you know, you know, when something is bad and you know when something is like, oh, this ain't that bad. Like, it hurts, but it, it'll be okay. But, you know, if you've had an ACL or an Achilles or a thing, like, when you get it, you know exactly what it is. You just know, oh, here we go again. Um, So, yes, luckily it was an ACL, you know, lateral uh, meniscus. He can he can play with that. I tore, I tore that when I was in um, – college my senior year I had a lateral meniscus tear and I um 
I finished the whole season. I had to. It's my senior year, so I couldn't sit down. Um, Did you so get hopefully- surgery after your senior season yeah. then? Okay. Mm-hmm. As soon as the season was over with. Luckily, we didn't make a bowl game that year, so I was able to get a surgery in November and start the recovery so I could be you know, healthy by uh, the combine and some of the all-star games. I had just – I had just really got healthy enough to play for the East West Shrine game. And, um, but if we went to a bowl game and not played until December, I would have had to probably make a decision. Do I wait to get this surgery or do I miss the bowl game so I can go ahead and get the surgery? Because if I would have got the surgery, you know, after the bowl game, you know, late December, early January, I probably wouldn't even been ready for the combine because I wouldn't even been able to train. Mm-hmm. Because I would have been, you know what I'm saying. So, you know, you want to make bowl games, but for me, I'm glad. Fortunately, you know, my senior year, we didn't make a bowl game, so it worked out. But yeah, yes, I did have surgery. You didn't have to make that business decision, which a lot of these younger players do, and especially at the time that you would have had to make that decision. People even now are a little bit overreactive when players opt out of bowl games. So, in just interesting to see how we've evolved and glad you didn't have to make that decision. Yeah. And you know, like I say, if, if you're healthy, go and play. I understand that. But if, if you're, if you all, if you know you're going to have to have a surgery and it's, and you're a potential, like I said, if you are a Jameson Williams type of person, right. Like sure. First rounder, but well, then that's a different story. But if you are, you know, a mid rounder or late rounder potential, you got a chance, but you got to have a good showing at some camps or some workouts or some combines. If you get to go, your pro- like, you got to have some good showings to, 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 you know, if you need a surgery, going to that bowl game is going to be cool, but that's going to put you six weeks because you're going to, that bowl game is going to be three to four weeks after the the regular season. It's going to be three to four weeks. I mean, some seasons are over with right now, and bowl games won't start until mid-December, a week before Christmas, somewhere up in there, December the 20th or somewhere in there. So that's already three, almost a month, that you could have been had that surgery and starting your recovery process. So – that's a decision that you got to make. And like I said, I'm glad I didn't have to make it because I wasn't a sure fire first rounder, right? So being a fourth rounder, I probably helped myself by being able to play in the East-West Shrine game and by being able to go to the combine and have a good performance and being able to have a couple personal workouts and be in my pro day and perform well at those events that probably helped me get bumped up to the fourth round. I probably would have went undrafted or super late if I hadn't been able to perform well at those events. So, like I said, I'm glad that we didn't make a bowl game and I was able to have that surgery and then start the recovery process. And this is just me speculating too, but I'm sure when teams see that, hey, this guy, he's just coming off of a meniscus surgery. He's just, he's still technically rehabbing and he put up what numbers? That, I'm sure impresses teams and also moves you up the board as well. So it all worked out the way it was supposed to back to this Thanksgiving day go- game. What did you see from the Detroit lions defense? Cause they did harass Josh Allen throughout the game. Rookie James Houston, his first game ever 
two sacks. Two sacks. And those were big sacks. And, you know, a couple of them were, you know, if he don't make those sacks, you know, Josh Allen may still be running. And that was one thing that, you know, that we saw. I felt like they did a good job containing Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis for the most part. And it was just kind of like, you know, Josh Allen was like, bump it, I'm just going to run it. And he started understanding the coverages that they were playing and the opportunities that he will have to run. And he just took off running. And he, I, he, I, I felt that he hurt him, hurt the team, you know, with his running ability. And then they understood, okay, well, they don't have Jeff Okuda. They, they're this, they're that. So they're going to double-team Stephon Diggs. They're going to double-team, you know, Gabe Davis in times and this and this and that. So Isaiah McKenzie, you're going to have to – come alive and those this is what we're gonna do we're gonna line you up on one side and we're gonna run you all the way to the other side and you have to outrun your guy and once again will harris if you're playing that coverage down to the end zone and they're double teaming gabe and they're double teaming these other guys you cannot play outside leverage you have to get inside and force them to throw the ball to the outside if you get outside leverage and you allow the receiver to run all the way across the field, you are not going to catch him. You are not going to catch him. It just is what it is. You got to get inside, get your hands on him, and force him to run to the corner. Force him to throw the ball in the corner of the end zone. You give him the whole field, I can make that throw. So. That's what they were doing, and 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 you know the Bills exposed that several times, you know, because it's tough, you know, it's tough, that's a tough assignment being one on one because they know you're doubling and they know that's where they're going. So, and yeah, I thought he did a decent job, but you know, the, the I don't think they got even though they had the two sacks, I don't think they had enough pressure on Josh Allen. I thought he was way too comfortable, and then when he didn't, when he when he didn't see anything open, he just took off running with little to no resistance. So those are some of the things that I felt like, you know, hurt them, um, the pressure and the running of Josh Allen, and then, you know, leaving Will Harris one-on-one, you know, with Isaiah McKenzie. You know, in those situations, if you know you're going to double-team Stephon Diggs, put Will Harris on Stephon Diggs and give him the double and then put Mike Hughes one-on-one with Isaiah McKenzie. Put your best slot guy on that guy that you know they're going to throw the ball to, and he got to win. But when you put your top corner on Stephon Diggs and give him the double team, you, you're wasting two players, in my opinion. And when you compare it to the Giants game the week before, the Bills did a lot of the same things with Isaiah McKenzie that the Giants did with Wandale Robinson. However, with the Giants, it was only Wandale Robinson catching those crossers. And so when that's the only player making plays at all, you can live with that. You're not stressed about it. But when you're giving up over 70 yards rushing to Josh Allen, when Stephon Diggs goes for 77 yards in a TD, despite holding them down for most of the game, when those things happen, that's when you can't live with Isaiah McKenzie on these crossers because you're getting beat in other places too. Got to do your job. You got to shut him down here. We cannot be getting beat at multiple facets of the game. And that just unfortunately started to happen as the game went on. 
Yeah, and I mean, like you said, when you're playing against the Giants, they didn't have any other receivers that they really, you know, they got Kenny Galladay, but he's been injured, and, you know, I don't know how good of a grace he is with the Giants anyway. So they didn't really fear or have any other receivers that they, you know. But when you're looking at the Bills, you have having Stephon Diggs. He's always that threat. So even though he they're holding him down, they got to continue double-teaming him or doing whatever they can to hold him down. You got to try to keep Gabe Davis down because he's a big play threat, right? So you, it's not just one guy. Like you said, it's not just one guy that you can say, okay, well, if we can keep, uh, you know, Isaiah McKenzie to just catching these little crossing routes, we're going to be okay. It wasn't just him. It was multiple guys. And then when you throw in the running of Josh Allen, that just made it more difficult. And I still feel like the Lions defense did a good job. I mean, they 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 fought it and gave themselves an opportunity to go into overtime, and then it's just a bad execution on that on the last drive. You know, it having twenty five seconds left in their game. You know, the Bills had three timeouts, so they got a lot of time. But at the end of the day, you can't give up forty yards on one pass. Can't do that. You can't. You can't. You can't do that especially to Stefan Diggs, the guy you know that they're going to be going to in this clutch situation. I also really didn't love that they had the ball with 28 seconds left and three timeouts because that is so much time for Josh Allen. We saw it. Patrick Mahomes did it to Josh Allen. You know, he's an equal talent. He can do it to the Lions. So I was very disappointed when you have a fourth and one that, you kick a 51-yard field goal instead. That hurt me a little bit. Yeah, that was, you know, that that's a that, that's tough because I and and this is this is where you you run into certain certain things because you know you're four and seven at the yep. time. So you know, you got a, a good Buffalo team in your house and you fought. This is your second game in four days. You know, at that point, I I don't feel like you have anything to lose. Like, I mean, losing the game the way you did or losing the game going forward on fourth down, like, I, I think the fans will still be okay with, with that. You know what I'm saying? Um, but to take a shot on third down, which is – I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I thought it was a great call. Um, I thought it was a miscommunication by the quarterback and the wide receiver. I thought DJ Chark had him beat over the top, so he was probably expecting – a ball to be thrown out in front so he can just run, catch it for a touchdown. Jared Goff kind of threw it more as a back shoulder, trying to create a person, I mean, a PI by the receiver, you know, coming back for the ball and the DB running into him. And I don't think DJ Chark saw the ball, so he couldn't make a play on it. Um, but if you're going to take that shot on third and one, you got to be willing to go for it on fourth and one. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that was my thing. If I'm going to take a shot on third and one, then I'm going for it on fourth and one. And if you go for it on fourth and one, especially, like you said, you got three timeouts, right? So if you run the ball, your whole playbook is open. You run it. You, you've been, you have been good on fourth down all day. You have been good. So um, I think with those 28 seconds and three timeouts, 
you got to just keep going. I'm going for the win. I'm not trying to kick a field goal and play for overtime. Like, I'm 4-7. and seven. I'm at home. It's Thanksgiving. We're going for the win. Like, let's go get the win. So, that that's my only thing. But even if you do go for the field goal, I get it, right? You can't give up 40 yards on one play to Stefan Diggs right down the middle of the field. You can't do that. No, you absolutely cannot. My biggest flaw with the field goal is, yes, you are the underdog. You are at home. No one expects you to pull it out. So let's control our own destiny with the ball in our hand. We decide when this game is over. You can kick a field goal still to send it to overtime if you have to. But again, people freaked out about the DJ Chark pass call. But it worked. The execution did not work, but he was open. And if you could have it back, you'd throw it a little bit different. But I don't think you change that play call. It's the fourth down that concerns me. But again, they could have gone to overtime. Don't hold Stefan Diggs down. And that was all she wrote. But the offense played pretty well today. And of course, Amon Ross St. Brown. We say it every show now. Over half the passing yards for the team, yet again, he had 122 of the 240 passing yards, so just barely over half, but putting up over half of the passing game work in multiple games is incredible. He's having a great season, and he scored yeah. a touchdown, too. Yeah, I mean, he's he's playing great, and, you know, he's open. He's working in the middle of the field. He's working the sidelines. He's He's... He's getting open, and, and Jared Goff is finding him, and he's moving the chains. And like I said, when you can have what he had, 10 catches, 8 catches? 9 catches, 122, 122. 13.6. Right. You're averaging a first down when you catch the ball. And, you know, I remember playing early in the season. I was doing a show, and I said, you know, it's not about how many catches he have. It's about how many yards he have. You know, if he got 9 catches for 56 yards, eh, it's not as great, but when you had nine catches for 122, now not only are you catching the ball, but you're catching them and making big plays, 13 yards a catch. That's a huge, huge, huge game for your offense. And I'm sure, I'm sure there's been one to two a game that don't go for first downs lately, but I can't remember any of them over the past couple of weeks. Monterey St. Brown, I'm sure not every catch he has goes for a first. That that would be insane if it does, but. It truly feels like every catch he makes, first down, first down, first round. Amon Ross St. Brown touchdown. DJ Chark also had a touchdown, could have had two. So he's working back in there with Goff off of the ankle. So there was a lot to like from this offense. DeAndre Swift, 43 yards and should have had a touchdown. But that was an incredible feat of strength for him to drag the knee on the turf, but not actually go down. That was wild. They should there's yeah. there's a, a common thing on the internet where if the play is cool enough, it should count, even if it's not in the rule book. <laughs> you know, that that's a part of, you know, and I can't, I mean, it's hard to say it, but I mean, you love it when it works for you. You hate it yeah. when I guess it don't. But like, <laughs> you know, the the game is so replay happy like getting down to the single blade of grass and just like man that that's an incredible play like 
when it, when 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 they're obviously down, then they're down. I get it. But that right there, oh, his knee pad scraped the top of the turf, so he's officially down at the half inch line. I'm just like, and it's like I said, it's hard to always be against it because sometimes it works for you, right? Because every time you make the other team snap the ball, you got an opportunity to stop them from scoring a point. So it just sucks at times, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes I wish, you know, you you, you just had to, you know, you had referees and they make the call. Sometimes they're going to get it wrong. Sometimes they're going to get it right. But that's the human nature of it, you know. But these cameras, man, make it so difficult. They ain't missing anything. They ain't missing it. So if you're halfway down, they're going to find out that you were down and they're going to bring it back. So, but that was a great play by, by uh, DeAndre Swift, great straight strength. You know, it's great to see that he has that power in the ankle to drive and the shoulder to, to, to put his, put his head down and try to get in there. So those are all good signs. Just hate that play got called back. Me too. And I hope we do see more of them. Still only nine touches. You could ramp him up quite a bit more. Jamal Williams, 18 carry scores a touchdown, but he also fumbled again too. This is the second loss fumble in Jamal Williams career. And they've both been pretty costly for the lions. Yeah. I mean, that's what just happens, you know, like, and I don't know how many carries and stuff he was getting in, 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 in green Bay and things like that. But when you're not carrying the ball that much, you know, it's easy not to fumble as much because you don't have as many, chances to fumble but when you're getting the ball 18 20 times a game now you got you're getting hit 18 20 times a game so you got 18 20 chances to fumble you know these guys are great tacklers they 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 know how to tackle they know how to put the head on the ball they know how to put punch the ball out so you're gonna have more opportunities and you know you're trying to spin and create more yards and and this this and that you leave yourself susceptible to getting that ball knocked out and that was a costly fumble that we had right there. Especially when, as great as all the offenses in the NFL, you are playing against equally great defenders who are looking to make a play on the ball, as you talked about throughout your career. It didn't matter if they were just walking around. You're punching that ball out. It doesn't matter if the drill's live. You're punching that ball out. So, got to work on every that day. every single day. Ball security, day. the offense defense turnovers if they're walking around with the ball they better they better be holding it because i'm coming to punch it out you can be on the sidelines i'm coming to punch it out so yeah you got to secure the ball you got you 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 gotta you gotta hang on like you got the team's life in your hand like that's the way you got to think about it you're holding the heart of the team in your hand and you cannot let it go you cannot, especially down the stretch, because the Lions now, after the loss, they are four and seven. But if they win out, they're still a 10 and 17 or 10 and seven team. That is still in the playoff mix. And so when you look at the rest of the NFC, we're we're gonna call the Eagles and Vikings locks for the playoffs. We've been doing that for a while. Nine and one and nine and two. Maybe the Eagles lose the division if something happens, but it's going to be tough to fall from nine and one to out of the playoffs. 
seems as though the 49ers are rolling at the right time. They're only six and four, but I think they're going to take the division, which means they will also take the three seed because the NFC South Buccaneers versus Falcons. Only one of those teams is making it. I don't see a world where both the Bucks and the Falcons make the playoffs. Do you? No, no, I don't. Not a chance. Mm-mm. And so you got the Cowboys at five. They're eight and three. So they're close to a lock. They're not quite there. Mm-hmm. So then you get the Giants in sixth place. They are seven and four. And the Lions have the head to head over the Giants. And mm-hmm. then you've got the Seahawks. They're the final wild card team at six and four. Seahawks, unfortunately, have the head to head to the Lions. But anything could happen down the stretch. Commanders six and five, too. But the Lions have the head to head over the over Washington. I'm just saying it's going to be an interesting end to the season and we're officially rooting for whoever plays the Giants and Seahawks and Commanders. Right. And you know, like I like I've said, you know, when when there was a 16 game season, it was always when you're trying to get the wild card, it was a race to 9. If you can get to 9 wins and be 9 and 7, you can give yourself a chance to get in. Now a 17 game season, I don't know if it's a race to 9 to get the nine and eight, or if it's the race to 10, to get the 10 and seven. So if that's the case, if it's the race to nine, the line got to win five out of the last seven. The Giants got to lose, you know, five out of the last seven because they're already at seven wins. So they can't get to, they can't get to nine. So they, 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 we can't have them win, you know, more than two games down the stretch, right? And Seattle's already at six wins or four wins or whatever they're at. So that's what you're looking at. It's the race to nine. Can you can can the Lions get to nine wins? And then can those other teams not get to nine wins? Or can they only get to nine? And like you said, the Lions got the tiebreaker over a couple of those teams. And, you know, Seattle's going to have to play the San Francisco 49ers again. They're going to have some division games that's going to make it, you know, tougher. Um you know, the, the Giants in the same way, right? They already played the Cowboys again, got the loss. They're going to have to play the Eagles again. It's going to be tough one. They're going to have to play the Commanders again. So they're going to end up having to play each other, and that, that's going to create opportunity. I mean, the Lions only have to play the the Vikings again, right? They they should be able to get a win over the Bears. They got Jacksonville coming up. like So they, they may have a slight, slighter, easier road than some of these other teams. So you just got to play the games week in and week out and and try to stack a couple wins together, try to go on another, you know, two or three, four-game win streak and and just see where, where, where you end up in the end. And as always, you can only control what you can control. The Lions have no way to impact losses for the Giants, for the Seahawks, unless they want to start paying to send Lions fans to make the crowd noise l- louder for the opponent. But even then, that's a very small way that the Lions can impact it. They really can't control this. But they can control beating the Jags at home next week. They can control beating the Vikings at home the week after a team that they were this close to beating in the first matchup. So we know it's possible. Then two road games, the Jets, who are kind of trying to figure it out. They've officially benched Zach Wilson, which we didn't see coming. They got Mike White in. Then it's the Panthers on the road. We all know the Panthers. And then the final two games, Bears at home and Packers in Lambeau. Glover, just imagine the euphoria of the Lions not only making the playoffs, but doing so off of a win 
in Lambo. That'd be I've got awesome. goosebumps. That'd I've got be awesome. goosebumps just that, thinking about it. That'd be awesome. That'd be, you know, like I say, I the the lines have played well at Lambeau Field. They've they've played well. Uh since I remember. Since I was there. Since that they've played well at Lambeau Field. So that'd be special. That'd be special. They just gotta take care of business. And you just want to give yourself a chance. Just want to give yourself a chance. And like you said, they can't control any of these other teams. All they can control is themselves. So they got to just focus on getting the wins that they need to get. And hopefully they get themselves a chance to where they can they can, they, they can do something in Green Bay. We're going to be hoping. We're going to be along for this entire ride. I don't know if you saw the report today, but Aaron Rodgers, he has broken thumb. We already knew that. It's an avulsion fracture, which means the tendon has kind of ripped off the bone. And he is going to need surgery after the season. He has said previously, nope, surgery wasn't an option now or in the future. Turns out that was a lie. Rodgers getting surgery after the season for his throwing thumb. Yeah, and, and you know, like we always say, when things get out of hand, you make different decisions. So right now, the the Packers are coming off of the win against the Cowboys, right? Yeah. They still feel like they got a glimmer of hope, kind of like the Lions. The Packers going to lose today. They lose next week. They're going to shut Aaron down. He's going to get surgery before the end of the season. <laughs> because, I mean, once you're out of the playoffs, there's no point. And like I said, there's no point in delaying his offseason recovery. Might as well go ahead and get the surgery. Go ahead and start the recovery process. It's no point of being out there for, for a whole extra month when you're already out of the playoffs. So, Today will be interesting. I don't even know who they got today. Eagles uh, on Sunday night football. Yeah, they got the Eagles tonight, so that'll probably be a loss. I don't know. The Eagles have been playing a little shaky lately, but they, they'll probably beat the Packers. Um, and then, you know, because the Packers are playing that first-place schedule. They won a division last year, I think. So when you play that first-place schedule, you're going to get you're gonna get those tough games. And if you're not as good of a team, it's going to be tough to uh, to get those wins. So, if the Packers don't win today, they don't win next week, I wouldn't be surprised if the Lions will not be seeing Aaron Rodgers in week 17 or 18, whatever it is. And wouldn't that be something? Final thing I feel like we should touch on before I get you out of here. There was not just one Thanksgiving game day game. There were two others. Cowboys beat the Giants 28-20, to and the Vikings beat the Patriots 33-26. to Any thoughts on those games? And we've talked about Odell. We thought that the winner was going to land Odell of Cowboys versus Giants. Now it has come out that, no, he's still visiting with the Giants. He's going to visit the Giants first, and then he's going to visit the Bills after that, and then he's going to visit the Cowboys last on December 5th. Kansas City Chiefs and Baltimore Ravens, they're also on the phone with Odell, but they don't have visits booked. And correct me if I'm wrong, but when you visit a team, it is their job to make sure you do not leave without signing a contract. They want to keep you there. So does that mean the Giants actually have the advantage again? 
I mean, yeah, they're going to have the advantage because he's going to be in the building. And, you know, I, I think I think in situations like this, it's a little different. Yeah, they're going to try to make sure you don't leave. But they also know that you have more. It's like a recruit. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, I know you got a visit lined up for, you know, Ohio State. I know you got one lined up for Michigan. I know you got one lined up for Alabama. I know So Ohio State's going to do everything they can to get you to commit, but they're going to know, like, he's probably not going to commit, so we're going to let him go. He's going to go to Michigan, and we just hope that we do enough that, you know what I'm saying? So they if they know, hey, he's going to Dallas. He's going to Buffalo. He Like, yeah, they're going to try to get you to sign and this, this, and that, but they understand that you're going to take these other visits and just is what it is. So my whole thing is don't make it a spectacle, Odell. Like, if you want to be on a playoff team, cool. I'll, there's no question about that. If you want to go play for the Giants, then you go play for the Giants. Like, if you want to go play, obviously the Giants want you. You want to go play with them. Okay, let's make a deal work. If you want to be with the Cowboys, then go be with the Cowboys. You know what I'm saying? If you want to play there, they want you there. Like, go make a deal work. But there's no point in making it a big whatever in the midseason and you're coming off ACL. Like, it's going to take you some time to get back in the form and this and this and that. And, you know, yeah, you gotta you gotta stay healthy, man. You've been hurt a lot. Like you, you know, we all know that you have this great, great, great ability, but you gotta be able to stay on the field and 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 show it week in and week out. And that's that's the respect that you give to Hall of Famers, the fact that they they were able to do it multiple years for a at a high level for a lot of period of time, right? You don't have those those one or two years where you were really good and splashed but then you just sporadic from here on out you know what i'm saying you you're consistently there every game or 14 out of the 16 or 17 or 15 out of the 17 like you know you're there so the amount of games that he's missed and i think that's that hurts him and his resume and all those different things so we know he got great talent but he got to be able to get on the team get on the field and stay there and and make plays and so find your team go there and 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 lock in unfortunately we do have another week of the spectacle that's going to be going on because the 5th of december is a week from tomorrow and you just know it's not going to be on that final day he's going to sign he's going to take another week to decide and it's going to be eventually we're going to end up with a tv special like we did with lebron going to miami <laughs> right the <laughs> decision the decision any final thoughts on vikings patriots or just eh it was a game vikings win kirk cousins the noon nightmare plays fine on prime time yeah i mean you know i mean it was a good game you know i guess you know the vikings got a win they rebounded you know justin jefferson is legit um you know they 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 got a good they got a good team, you know. Like I've always said, if Kirk Cousins don't slow them down, they they could be legit. They always are going to scare you, though. They're always going to scare you because of Kirk Cousins. And, you know, it seemed like they are really, 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 really leaning Justin Jefferson heavy. I don't see Adam Thielen getting as many targets, and I don't know if it's because maybe he's not as open or – 
But it's like if it's any kind of whatever, we're going to Justin Jefferson. And like I said, the problem that you have with that is you go back to early in the season when you plan against a corner that can play. You can't just throw those balls out to to Justin like that because these corners are gonna make make plays on it as well. So they scare me a little bit, but they got a good team. I think they can they can get far. They probably get to the championship game, but I, I don't know if they I don't know if they advance. Kirk Cousins scares me. They're that team that every team facing should be terrified of because it could happen just like that, where they're all of a sudden Justin Jefferson takes a ninety yard TD, but. They also should scare themselves because you never know when Kirk Cousins is going to take a knee instead of spiking the ball to run out the half, and now you don't get a field goal. Right. Yeah. So it's yeah. It is gonna be a fun end of the season. As John Madden says, the season doesn't start until after Thanksgiving and Glover. We are officially in the season now. Oh yeah. And it's fun. We got some great matchups. Great, great, great. Storylines, great, you know, playoff races down the stretch. So every one of these games are going to be important. I can't wait to sit back and watch and, and see how it play out. Any pluggables to plug or any final takeaways before we get you out of here? Oh, man. Nah. Nah. I don't really have anything, man. Just enjoy football, enjoy the holidays. And I mean, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Twitter, I'm on check out the pages, follow us, support our podcast. That's about it. And go dirtbags, <laughs> right? <laughs> go dirtbags. We're out of season right now. We're in winter break. We won't start back up until uh, January, end of January, I think. We'll get started getting ready for the spring. So got a little break right now. So, um. Yeah, and I'm going to get back to some more picture frames and doing a little art, some crafts, I guess. So that's about it. Can't wait to see all of that go up on your page. You can follow Glover at Glover Quinn, and then you can find the framing page, the photography page, the selfie page, the sneaks page. You can find it all. You can find me at Jaffa.87. You can support us by checking out our sponsors over at Bet Online and Until then, we will see you next time. Peace. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.